This is Reset. I'm Michael Puente in for Sasha Ann Simons. Baseball is back in full swing. The White Sox kicked off their season with a tough loss in Detroit on opening day, but followed by two impressive wins to make up for it, including 10-1 yesterday. But us Sox fans are staying positive, even though we're not 3-0. Joining us now to, with an outlook on the rest of the season is WBEZ sports contributor, Cheryl Ray Stout. Cheryl, welcome to Reset. Well, Michael, uh, I see you're all geared up for the season <laughs> with your White Sox jersey on. That's right. I'm not even going to pretend to be an unbiased uh, reporter here. I'm a big Sox fan. No hate for the Cubs, but let's face it. Sox fan all the way. So, Cheryl, let's start off at the beginning. How do you think the White Sox looked uh, going into the string of games this weekend with Detroit? Were they strong? Do you seem like they were prepared? Well, they were prepared. They're hitting. They they actually got on the board quickly in each of the first innings, all three games. The big concern was watching Lucas Giolito leave the mound and not being able to return because he has something wrong with his side, and he is going to be put on the I.L., He's going to miss at least a couple of starts. That's a concern. But the next day, when you have Dylan Cease and Michael Kopik the following day, being able to pitch the way they're expected to pitch. Michael Kopik only pitched four innings, but that was important because he needed to get on the mound. He needs to get that starter's mentality back. But Dylan Cease owns the Detroit Tigers, period. He's 9-0 and in his career against them. So that's good. Uh, uh, another player I'd like, like to bring up was uh, Andrew Vaughn. That young man had two home runs, he had six RBIs in the series, and, and so you, you see his possibilities here. That lineup is great. Getting Tim Anderson back after the two games, what does he do? His first time at bat, he hits the first pitch for a hit. The first pitch, right. <laughs> and he had three hits on the day. So there was a lot of positives. The concern was Friday, of course, what Liam Hendricks did. He had an opportunity to save the game. Then he had an opportunity to win the game. He didn't either. Yeah, and this comes as when you know, the White Sox just traded away to the Dodgers' Craig Kimball. And so, you know, there's no pressure for somebody else to come in. Um, are, are there, is there concern with Liam? No, I don't think so. I think he's he's one of those guys that he'll, he'll, he'll probably right his ship. But they have other, you know, Aaron Bummer kind of had a little issue the one game, and then he comes back and strikes the sights out his next, his next turn. So they have a lot of... Uh, pieces to their bullpen. They did lose Garrett Crochet to Tommy John surgery. He's out the year. But you have a couple young rookies, 129, 130, that are getting their chances in Tanner Bakes and Sousa. So they have some they have some pitching depth there. But Michael, because of the shortened spring training, because the you know pitchers didn't get as much, many outings, as many mm-hmm. innings as you expect them to get, it really hurts all of baseball. And that's why you can see a lot of bullpen usage. And with Lance Lynn going, you know, having surgery out for maybe a couple of months, they're relying on some of these players like tomorrow, Vince Velasquez is going to be starting the game. And nobody thought beginning of the season that that would be the start for opening day for the White Sox. That's right. That's right. And the White Sox are trying to build upon um, last year's successful season. They made the playoffs. Obviously, they got bounced out by the Houston Astros. But do you think the White Sox did enough in the offseason to bolster their not only their starting rotation, but their bullpen? I, I think because they had a lot there already, and they were just adding to it. And, and Rick Hahn said that right at the beginning of spring training, he says he would be doing some some deals to, uh, as early as late as opening day, which he did. He did bring in Velasquez. He did trade Kimbrough for A.J. Pollock. Now, A.J. Pollock, of course, he gets hurt, which has been his uh, M.O. But, but the fact is, 
There are a lot of pieces there. Their offense, having Eloy Jimenez, having Luis Robert starting the season on the active roster and contributing right away is very important. Absolutely, absolutely. This is Reset. I'm Michael Puente in for Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking all things baseball with the fabulous WBEZ Cheryl Ray Stout. But let's bring in another voice to the conversation. Scott Merkin is the White Sox beat writer for MLB.com. Scott, great to have you on with us. Great to be here. Sorry for the delay. I literally just got back from Detroit and was paying the cab who was listening to WBEZ, by the way, as I got out of the That's cab. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Well, listen, how do you think the White Sox look in this opening weekend? Obviously, they dropped the first game. They could easily be 3-0, and but 2-1 and heading into tomorrow's home opener, that's not too bad. Well, as I'm sure Cheryl can tell you from covering baseball for a long time as well, that, you know, three games is, you know, a, 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 a pebble in the water of the whole season. So, you know, it's harder because you don't even know who's going to be on this team come June or July. Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams, very proactive. But, you know, yesterday impressed me. Yesterday just looked like a team that if they play like that more often than not are going to be a tough team to beat or at least a prime contender for not just the AL Central. That's, you know, almost second nature. You don't want to say that, but that's kind of where they stand right now in that division. But they're looking for the World Series title, and they – Looked like they had a little bit of everything going yesterday, and they went over to Detroit. That's true. That's true. You don't, you know, three games is nothing, but you don't want to head into your home opener zero and three or one and two. So this was really the best case scenario, and especially that big win yesterday, ten to one. But as I asked Cheryl a little bit earlier, is there concern for Liam Hendricks blowing that his first save opportunity on uh, Friday? No, I don't think so. You know, he was the American League reliever of the year last year, and, I mean, he blew some saves. He gave up some home runs. I think he gave up, you know, the most home runs in his career in a season last year. Everyone remembers the couple he gave up at the great uh, Field of Dreams game, but he was still, you know, uh, virtually – he was the best closer in baseball last year. You know, I mean, he saved 38. I think in his last two years with the Sox and the A's, not counting his first outing this year, he has something like 150 strikeouts and 14 unintentional walks, which is – Insane, and I, you know, I think if you're a team that has a closer like that who's got swing and miss stuff, you'd rather he, you know, you don't want him to get beat at all, but you want him out there challenging hitters, right? The, the worst thing that can happen is you walk two or three guys and start an inning. If you, if you get caught once in a while on a pitch, well, you tip your cap and go after it. But, no, I'm not worried. Liam Hendricks is not high on the list of worries for the White Sox, in my opinion. Okay, so we have Tim Anderson. We got Tim Anderson back in the lineup yesterday, but the one who's also coming on strong is uh, Luis Robert. Um, how important that he has a strong season this year, Scott? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing for him, he'll have a strong season. He's that talented of a player. The biggest thing for him is just staying healthy. You know, he had a couple head uh, head first slides, and I think one into home and one into second base while he was stealing one of his two bases this weekend. Where you kind of look and say, okay, make sure he's okay, and he was. But he's just that good of a player that I think the only thing that stands in the way of him, you know, being an all-star really and anything else is just staying healthy. You know, he's had some injuries even in the minor league level, and I think that, you know, has contributed to not being 100% at where he's at. But, yeah, I mean, we saw him in spring training hit the ball a lot to right and right center. And if he starts doing that, you know, there's there's really not much you can get him out on. Now, again, he's going to go through slumps. He's still a young kid. But remember, as good as he is offensively, as, as quick as he can move after balls, he's a gold-glove defensive player, too. So, yeah, Tim, Tim Anderson is the catalyst, absolutely 100%. 
Jose Abreu is, you know, the main leader on that team, but Luis Robert is the best overall player on that team. Well, Cheryl, who are going to be, you know, last year the the breakout surprise was um, Mercedes, who who just lit it up and um, as quickly as he ascended, he's ascended even faster, and, and now he's no longer on the team. But who do you think might could be that breakout star in, the say, the first couple of weeks of the season? I don't know if you have a breakout star with this team because so, so many of them actually planted their seeds already last year. But someone that really needs to have a breakout year is going to be Michael Kopech. Michael Kopech has got to be able to, at some point, start pitching deep into innings, you know, being able to you know, get his slider across. He's got a great fastball. He has to be one of the anchors of this team. Thought to put on him, but he was always expected to be that. I want to bring up one thing that one of the trades that Rick Hahn made recently was a good one was trading Zach Collins for Reese McGuire. We saw yesterday how that paid off. They needed a backup catcher. He provided that. He had he threw out a base runner. That's an important that was one of those small deals that Rick Hahn made that could help them and help with uh, the Osmani Grandal getting some rest. Okay. Yeah, I would I would add in on that with Cheryl. That's a great point because they've talked about, you know, DH and Grandal a couple times a week and you need a guy you can count on if you're gonna play him a couple times and McGuire is more of a defensive first guy, but also can hit a little bit, but it is a good move. And I think Zach Collins needed a, a change of scenery at this point, too. And I think he'll eventually, you know, get to the majors, whether it's Toronto or someone else, and get another chance. But it, it was a really solid decision by the front office. You know, we talked we talk Lucas Giolito, we, we, we talked Michael Kopech, but also impressive uh, over the weekend was Dylan Cease, mm-hmm. Cheryl. Yeah. I mean, um you know, aside from the mustache, I'm not crazy about That's the look. Ugly mustache. <laughs> but how important is he going to be for his development and just, you know, having a strong season? You see where he slotted as far as the pitching rotation. He is supposed to be one of the top three pitchers, and he's got it all. He does have it all. He, you know, he, the only thing is he can't walk walk people. That's that's been his issue in the past. If he can overcome that and continue to throw strikes, he really ha- he, he could have the best stuff. With him and Michael Kopech, those two on this staff, no doubt about that. That's right. So, Scott, when you were out there in Detroit, how did um, uh, you know we saw Javi Baez on Detroit and uh, mixing it up a little with the White Sox and actually getting thrown out of home plate, but he had some big plays. How did it see to see um, Javi Baez in a Detroit uniform? Yeah, it's kind of odd to see him after all he did on the North Side, and you know, helping them win a World Series title in '16 and be successful after that. But I think he's a good guy to have for that team because I think it's a team that's on the rise. I I know it's a team on the rise, and I think they're going to be competitive this year. And I think on top of that, Javi Baez plays with that kind of edge, and I'm talking about that in a good way, not in an angry, bad way. And I think a team like Detroit that has a lot of young players, Spencer Torkelson, Casey Mize, Tariq Skubal, you know, that kind of thing, they added some good veteran presences in Baez, in Austin Meadows, Eduardo Rodriguez, you know, Miguel Cabrera is still there, obviously. So I, I think he's a really good fit for that team. And, that, you know, you know what you get with him. He's, a, he's an exciting player. Is he going to swing and miss uh, quite a bit? Absolutely. There are other good players who do that, too. Is he going to make some mistakes on routine ground balls every now and then? Everyone does that. Is he going to get thrown out like he did, you know, the other day? Um, I believe it was Saturday, right, in the, in the game at home plate. Well, he was trying to be aggressive, and even the Sox acknowledged that, saying, hey, that's how he does it, you know, and you got to be on your game to be able to get him, and they did on that play. But I think he's a nice addition for a team that's on the rise in Detroit. There's a lot he can also show to to become. He's a veteran now. He's no he's no right. kid, and he knows how to, what he has to do on the field and off the field. 
And, you know, when he had that game-winning crazy hit on right. Friday for opening day, that was also good for that team. Mm-hmm. That helps a team, you know, knowing that that type of energy and that type of panache works. And and you know what? The hats off to him. He 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 didn't get with the Cubs, but he got the big money with Detroit. That's right. Well, Scott, you, you well, I, I can tell you one other quick thing. You know, I've been, and what Cheryl was saying. I've been going to Detroit for a long time, and I've seen them very good, and I've seen them recently not so good. And that opening day win, granted it's opening day, so everyone's full of optimism and everything, but they were that was as loud as I've heard Comerica in a long time. And I think it's because of the fact that they're very optimistic about what this team can do this year. Let me ask you this. We only got about a minute left. Um, uh, okay. Scott, do you think it was a mistake for the White Sox to trade away Craig Kimball? No, I think that was the move to make. I mean, I think they got a right fielder in A.J. Pollock, who's an excellent player. You know, he hasn't played a lot of right, but I think he'll adjust to that fine. And, you know, Craig Kimbrell is, you know, it's not that I don't think he could pitch in the seventh or eighth, but I think he's mainly a closer. So it ended up being a good baseball trade, a move that helps both teams and helps both players involved. Well, Cheryl, we got like less than a minute here. Are the Sox the odds-on favorite to win the Central Division? Oh, yes. They're going to win the Central Division, but they're they're going to have a battle, and that's good. Because last year, it seemed like they were complacent towards the end. And so you have Minnesota's a better team. Detroit's a better team. So having some conflict as far as getting that edge should help them when they get to late September. And, and that should help them win the division. All right. Well, Cheryl Ray Stout is WBEZ's very own sports contributor. And Scott Merkin is a White Sox beat reporter for MLB.com. Thanks to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. And see you tomorrow, Cheryl. <laughs> see you.